Hey, everybody okay? Everybody listening to the post-game report okay? I mean, three consecutive wins for the Minnesota Vikings, that's good news, but they've all come down to the wire. And and Pete Bursage, the analyst on the Vikings Radio Network, and yours truly, Paul Allen, we deeply care about your mental wherewithal because this team is working on your minds and your hearts right now but the bottom line is the Minnesota Vikings are 4-1, and one, a day the Green Bay Packers lost in London to the New York Giants. So you get some breathing room with that 4-1, and one, and they win 29-22 when Cam Dantzler steals the ball from his former teammate, Amir Smith-Marset, and wins the game. Peter? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, but you, and you can't make those things up, right? I mean, the other thing is, is this the last couple of weeks? You, know, you go to London, you play a road game there, you play a Monday night game in Philadelphia. I mean, it's been a lot of travel, a lot of back and forth. We choose not to take the buy early. Decide to say, hey, we'll take a home game. We'll play one of our, our division rivals, and you know, you you come out all guns blazing. And I think the key, the takeaway from all of this, Paul, is is really. We stopped ourselves today. You know, you know, hat tip to the Bears. You know, they 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 held, they hung in there, came back, found a way, scrappy way to get a lead. Um, we had one turnover. They had a you know uh, onside kick that didn't work. But the bottom line is, is is that we hung in there and found a way to win this football game. And when we needed it from our offense, we got it. Um, they really didn't stop JJ. Again, it's a matter of us just stopping ourselves I think Paul the interception didn't help um so add all those things together you come out with a tight you know tight football game and Kirk Cousins began the game as Pete just referenced a, a team record 17 of 17 and in the first half Justin Jefferson had 138 receiving yards which means he finishes with 154 so when it comes to the first half and the second half, 12 catches, 154 at the end of the, uh, the bottom line equation for J.J., who, by the way, did throw a pass to Dalvin for 23 yards, and it was sweet. But um, with Jefferson, you know, when we're watching these replays, he, he is open, you know, but sometimes there's pressure on Kirk, and whatever leads to J.J. not catching passes when he's open, 138 in the first half, and you finish this thing with 154. That's weird. It is weird, Paul, and I think the one thing to keep in mind is the fact that if you have, if we go, if we're going against a team that doesn't have the athleticism at corner to roll up and jam and slow down JJ at the line of scrimmage, they're going to have a long day. And the Bears definitely did not have that athleticism in their backfield, and we made them pay for it, especially early on in this game. I mean, this offense was a well-oiled machine going all the way into just about just before the half you know just before the halftime and the only thing that slowed us down were penalties things like that on ourselves and and so that's a it's a great thing to see it's also great to see the running game start to emerge Dalvin Cook um, not just being efficient but being explosive we're still waiting for that really big long run I think 17 yards is still the longest run that we've had all year Madison doing a great job you know out of the backfield he had one drop but comes back later in a key reception for a first down so when, when we were just executing, executing the play that's called, we were up and down the field on them. So that's a good sign. It wasn't as if the Bears blew this thing. You know, when we were doing what we do, uh, you know, our offense was unstoppable. 
Coming up on the postgame report following a an exciting 29-22 victory at U.S. Bank Stadium over the Chicago Bears, where, by the way, the Vikings are undefeated at home, and they're undefeated through the first half of the division swing, and that includes a victory over Green Bay, which now has two losses. Uh, you will hear... Kevin O'Connell's press conference, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins' press conference, also three takes with Ron Johnson. Then right at the end, Kevin O'Connell's very exuberant post-game locker room speech to the team. But let's begin with Ben Lieber and Gabe Henderson and Between the Lines. Welcome to a winning edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade, the Vikings victorious over the Chicago Bears 29 to 22. My name is Gabe Henderson alongside Ben Lieber. And Ben, uh, we were just talking about how the game just ended. Uh, Cam Dantzler stole the ball away from Amir Smith-Marset, who was drafted by the Vikings yeah. a couple of years ago. He stripped him like he owed him money. <laughs> I've never seen a walk-off by a cornerback ever since I've yeah. been covering the NFL. What were your thoughts on that last play of the game? Well, first of all, you said you were nervous in that last drive. <laughs> I was very nervous. I, me, Viking fans, I wasn't <laughs> nervous at all. I was fully confident that our defense was going to make the stops and yep. make the plays. But you, my friend, you had some nerves in you. I still got hair, though, so I think that's the, that, that's the main <laughs> thing. But when Kirk Cousins threw that interception, the second-to-last drive yeah. of the game, I was worried that how are we going to bounce back. And yeah. we bounced back that last drive. Five of five on third down. What did you see on that last drive offensively that stood out to you for this Vikings offense? Well, we crushed it on third down. I, I don't think that we ever had a, a super long third down. Everything was like third and four, third and five. So I think that is meaningful where we're not having, you know, big time uh, yards to gain in those situations. So I just thought that they were they were poised. Mm. You know, the whole offense was just poised. There wasn't a lot of scrambling going on, at least the, the feeling for me on the sideline as I'm watching the game. Um, it, it was surgical. It was methodical, very much like the game opened up with the first three drives by putting 21 points on the board. There was there was no hesitation, no panic from this team. And I think that, that really matters. And head coach Kevin O'Connell talks about their grit and resilience. I think five games in, we definitely saw that throughout this game, and we saw that on the last drive. But it, I feel like, I mean, I'm just going to be honest here. I feel like that grit and resilience is some somewhat warranted because we were up 21 to three, right? So you would say, okay, let's let's put it, put our foot in their yeah. throats and let's continue to to score score on touchdowns or kick a field goal. The momentum shift right before the half. How did you assess, you know, just how the first half ended for the Vikings? I mean, coming off the first two drives where they scored on scored uh, 12 play touchdown drives. Well, you know, going back to the to the previous games, we were really good offensively at the end of the first half, which we talked about, which is, was a departure from the last season. So now all of a sudden we get into this game, we score 21, and then all of a sudden, you know, we, we can't put the ball in the end zone. We, we are faltering, faltering at the end of the first half. They pick up all the momentum at the end of the first half, and then they continue that into the second half. Um, so that's the adversity part that we're, we're talking about. Not only is adversity sometimes how you handle success, which we didn't handle success after those first three drives, yeah. then it's about how you bounce back. And I thought they bounced back in a way that shows you know, championship caliber, that, um, again, there was never a panic. Obviously, um, they made some adjustments, the Chicago Bears. They, they went to a, a different safety look, a lot of single high safety early in the game. They brought another safety down in the run box because they, they thought we were going to run the ball so much. We were able to kind of pick them apart 
apart. Then in the second half, they went a little bit more too high safety look. So that means that we just have to dink and dunk our way down the field. We can't take some bigger shots. So good adjustment by them, but ultimately better adjustments by us. Uh, better adjustment by Kirk Cousins also in this game. Um, if, if you rewind back to last week, getting on the plane uh, after the London win, Christian Derisaw put his chain on Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And I feel like we saw a different Kirk Cousins yeah. uh, to start the first half. 17 straight completions to start the game today. That's a Vikings franchise record. And then fast forward to the second and last drive, he extends a play or gets a first down conversion on a third and five. What were your thoughts on just his play today? I thought he just looked crisp. You know, you look at those 17 for 17s on the on the passing completions. Every time he got to the top of his drop, he was he had that little bounce to him, a little bounce, a little swagger to him. Dance. And and everything was just quick. His eyes was like first read, second read, get the ball out. I don't think that he held the ball for more than three seconds on any one of those completions. He was decisive. He was accurate. He knew that all he had to do was just throw the ball to an open receiver and let those guys do all of the work. Don't try to do too much. And you couple that with, you know, some running, some running with uh, from Dalvin and Madison, and you've got a perfect balance to this offense. They had rhythm. They use tempo as well. Second play of the game, they go up, no huddle. They use tempo, get to the line, assess the defense, bark out an audible, put your offense in the best situation. I thought for at least those three drives, they did a good job of getting the calls into him so he could get lined up and make the calls on the field. Man, that's a really good point. Um, before we talk the running game, I got to give Justin Jefferson a shout out. 12 receptions, 154 yards today. Um, somehow that's going to go. Did they care about guarding him? In I'm the like, first half, I feel like they did it. <laughs> did they watch film of him before? I don't know. But to your point, they made adjustments in the second half. Yeah. And they, they, I guess, limited Justin Jefferson to less, less than 50 yards in the second half. But Dalvin Cook got going in the second half. In my opinion, this was probably Dalvin Cook's best performance today. How would you assess the way he was able to get on the edges and run the ball today well not only on the edges but he was able to kind of carve some mm. some runs on the inside part of the defense as well he, he was just doing things that you know only Dalvin can do and we talk about his vision the way he's able to skate and sort of float through the the defensive line um, I thought he played phenomenal I was, I was still waiting for that one that yeah. one big mm -hmm. pop you know the one big home run hit but like I said in the second half they changed their defensive philosophy. Mm -hmm. They they went to more of a, a two-safety look, which is really hard. I mean, it's hard in the passing game to, to really take the top off. And also, um, it doesn't allow for a lot of home run hits on the ground because there's two outlets or two safeties in the, in the, in the back end of the defense mm -hmm. that's going to stop those things. So um, we made uh, the right adjustments, and, and Dalvin, uh, you know, he was doing Dalvin things. <laughs> Dalvin is going to do Dalvin things. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, uh, we went up 21-3 on offense. Then the Bears scored 19 unanswered points. How would you assess this, I guess, bend but don't break defensive scheme for this Minnesota Vikings defense today? I mean, it worked for, you know, most of the first half. And I, I think, you know, that we walked away with like 45 total yards given up in the first half. And then, obviously, they made some adjustments. Um, I, we talk about it time and time again. I, I just don't think that we're blitzing the right way. I don't right. think that we're calling the pressures the right way and, and really executing some of the things and getting some of these guys free. We might be blitzing. We might bring, be bringing a fifth guy or we might be bringing a fifth guy and dropping a guy and still mm -hmm. bringing a four-man rush. It's just not really working to the way we hope it to work. Mm -hmm. You want a free rusher when you, when you sacrifice your defenders like that. Um, late in the game, I thought we did do a good job of that. They had a, a drive uh, towards the end of the game where we called three run blitzes mm -hmm. and stuffed them at the line of scrimmage. Not necessarily tackle for loss, but some, uh, some short yardage gains. So we, start, we started to dial up a little bit more pressure. I just like to see that a little bit more so we're not bending all the time. 
And I feel like a lot of that was due to Justin Fields, his athleticism also. I mean, yeah. sometimes when we blitzed him or we were able uh, to get to the quarterback, Justin Fields just made Justin Fields-type plays, spinning out of the pocket, uh, using his 4-4 speed to get a first down. But at the same time, I do agree with you with trying to get more uh, bends so you don't have to bend as much later in the game. But defensively, my last question for you for the defensive side of the ball is where do we go from here, right? Uh, we're, we're at a point now where the Vikings are starting to – get these close wins. The last few games have been close, in my opinion. I'm not sure why, because we should just blow these teams <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. But uh, how would you assess the way this defense is starting to progress and, I guess, hold when it really matters? Well, I guess to your point about, about Justin scrambling, Okay. what's concerning is, and this is where I think it's going to help our defense, is our, our rush lanes aren't the most disciplined. Okay. You know, some of those times we had four-man rushes with a little bit of a twist game going on, and we're just kind of stuck on the blocks. We're late with our eyes to get to get off of the blocks and make a play on the quarterback as he's kind of skating around in, inside the, the pocket. We have Kyler Murray coming up mm. soon. You know, we have Josh Allen coming up yeah. soon, you know, after the bye week. You we know, those are next week. Possibly two and, and or possi- yeah. and possibly two next week, and yeah. a little bit of Teddy Bridgewater if, mm-hmm. he, if he's in there as well. We're going to face a lot of mobile quarterbacks in this league, mm-hmm. so I, I think that not only do we have to pressure a little bit more, get a little bit more strategic about what types of pressures we're going to bring, mm-hmm. but we have to do a better job when it comes to the rush lanes. If you're just going to rush four guys, those four guys have to count mm-hmm. because seven guys in coverage, the odds are you're you're going to cover up those guys, you're going to mm-hmm. cover up those receivers, so you're going to have quarterbacks that are going to run so those four guys up front got to do a better job got to do a better job but more importantly this Vikings team is four and one heading into the Miami Dolphins game next week uh, hopefully we get another win but more importantly Ben I'm just going to enjoy this win oh heck yeah uh, with the hair that I have in my head so <laughs> I'm not stressed as much anymore yeah, it's not going great either I think it's, it's looking pretty <laughs> it's good put, it's put the hairline is pushing back a little bit but we're going to push forward to the Miami Dolphins next week for Ben Lieber my name is Gabe Henderson thank you again for tuning into another edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. Skull! Skull! Thank you, Gabe. You know, I, uh, the team's 4-1. and one. Clearly, there are a lot of things that need to get better, including finding J.J. like every single time he's wide open for a touchdown. Uh, but how long can, can people or us or anybody continue to say, yeah, but you're not going to continue to win if these four things continue to happen? They just keep finding a way to close on these victories. Yeah, they, they really do. And, you know, on a day... When you well, you come off a game in London where special teams really carried the day. Um, you, I think outside of that recovered onside kick, they struggled a little bit, right? Uh, Block field goal, missed long, long missed field goal. I mean, any you know, scoring on either one of those drives would have changed the complex complexion of this game toward the end. So, some opportunities there that were missed. It's just a matter of like putting it all together, Paul. And I think if this team comes out and keeps you know hanging in there and battling and put put an entire game together in all three phases. Um, pretty solid football team. And then, by the way, the next time we play both the Packers and the Bears, it's going to be January, and it's going to be outside. So it's going to be a different type of ball game. That's why it's so important to go 3-0 and in the division early. You have a game up. You know, you're five into this. It, it, it's, it's exactly where you'd hope to be. Um, and that's exactly where we are. We ran into a buzzsaw in Philly. Let's face it, outside of that, this team has found a way to win every football game, and hat tip to Kevin O'Connell, the staff, and the players. Hey, uh, Pete and I are not going to be mad at you if you're saying, hey, if you keep throwing uh, interceptions to Kendall Vildor, 
his first interception of his career and through 38 games, you're not going to continue winning. Your kicker is one of five from 50-plus. Keep doing that, you ain't going to continue to win. Justin Fields, 208 passing yards. Keep doing that, and you ain't going to continue to win. Say anything you want. All they do is continue to win. Let's hear from Kevin O'Connell. Here's his post-game press conference. Very hard-fought, tough football game. I thought, uh, you know, across the board, our our team continues to show – uh, you know, levels of grit and resiliency that uh, should bode well for us. Don't necessarily think we found that four-quarter uh, of consistent ball that we're looking for, but, uh, you know, as we've learned, uh, it's not easy to do in the NFL um, against uh, teams with different scheme variations and, and, and the competitiveness. You know, that's okay, but we're still going to continue to work tirelessly to have that. Uh, excuse me, but once again, very, very proud of the way Kirk battled to the end. Uh, leading us back once again uh, to get the lead back in the fourth quarter of a game, as well as our defense not only getting the strip sack there, um, but also then on, you know able to take the football away um, to allow us to take a knee for a victory in front of our great fans. I thought they were phenomenal again today. Um, three divisional home games down uh, in front of them being a huge part of willing us to these victories late. Uh, you feel the belief out of them. I uh, just want to give you guys a quick update. Um, uh, on a couple injuries, Ty Chandler uh, suffered a uh, broken thumb, um, and he'll be out. We'll let you guys know timeline-wise, but we'll get that fixed up. Um, and then uh, Caleb Evans uh, is in the concussion protocol, so we'll absolutely follow <laughs> everything uh, from a protocol standpoint, uh, what absolutely is in the best interest of the player, and get him back uh, when, uh, when he is medically uh, cleared. And then just to give one more update on Lewis, he did arrive back uh, to... Um, the Twin Cities last night, um, he's doing well. He's in great spirits. He told me he's going to be watching the ball game. I'm going to give him a call as soon as we get out of here. Um, and then uh, hopefully we get him back into our facility uh, at some point soon uh, to get him around our guys. But um, with that, I'll open it up to you guys. Kevin, you're uh, in first place in the division at this point after five games. Does it mean anything right now? No, it really doesn't. Um, I just think uh, it, it just means that you know, we're four and one after five games, and, and we've learned a lot about our team through five games, but I think uh, what we've learned should really help us do two things in my mind. Have confidence moving forward that we can win football games that are hard fought and competitive in this league, but ultimately uh, that we can, til- can still continue to, sh- to chase um, consistency across the board, uh, playing, you know, our philosophical way that uh, we think we can win a lot of football games with. Um, I can obviously do better for our team, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, I can help with some of those lulls throughout the game. But, but inevitably, they are going to happen in this league. That's part of NFL football, um, and, and we'll continue to chase that and push our players. But the best part about it is they're the ones talking about it, not so much uh, us needing to, you know, be banging them over the heads with it. They are telling me, our leadership is telling me what we're striving for. So I feel good about it. At some point, it's out there for us. Yeah, I just thought, uh, you know, we knew we wanted to play, you know, a lot of the things we talked about, uh, you know, on Wednesday and Friday with you guys. I mean, I just wanted to be aggressive, but there's no rule that says that you can't try to set the tone to play complimentary football with your offense. We've got so much confidence in our quarterback, our group, our, our coaching staff on offense to help put together a great plan. Uh, that, uh, you know, the easy part's really calling the plays and watching our guys have the plan come to life. Um, I thought we were really good on third down. Kirk was dialed in from the jump, had a great rhythm. 
to him. Uh, you know, they, they kind of morphed throughout the day how they were defending us a little bit, and he adjusted seamlessly for, you know, a team record, 17 straight completions early on. And then, and then I could have done a better job helping our offense out a couple times there um, when we were unable to get points. And then I think Kirk would love to have that, you know, keeper throwback that was intercepted. But uh, for the most part, it was, a, it was an aggressive decision. I know the analytics folks... Um, might uh, you know get angry with me at times for stuff like that, but uh, when it works out in our favor, it's obviously a good thing, and uh, we'll obviously circle back and make the decision we think is best for our team each and every week. That's the decision at the third five at the end to you know, take off the run. Huge play. Yeah, I thought it was just a huge play. Uh, Twelve of fifteen on third down for the day. And our quarterback deserves a ton of credit for that, uh, as well as the alignment up, up front, giving them time, and then uh, our guys consistently winning on the perimeter. Kind of a mix of man and zone, some disguised man that you got to react post-snap post to. Uh, really playing quarterback today as far as playing the game post-snap, throwing completions, being accurate, and then the details of our guys, uh, whether it's Irv or KJ or obviously Justin and Adam. Um, you know, getting vertical, you know, yards after catch. I just thought there was a bunch of hidden yardage in this game that you'll go back and see uh, that really it's a, a great test to, a testament to our players and their ability to understand how we're being defended. And then as it adjusts throughout the game, um, they're, they're, they're a really smart group. Kevin, did the exotic plays that you called, I'm wondering if, that, if we can read anything into that, that that you feel a step better about your offense and how it's executing and you get the flea flicker in the past. Yeah, I, you know, I wish we could have got a little bit more out of that uh, flea flicker screen. But uh, no, it's just it's all situational for me. Um, sometimes those plays are going to come up and on early downs, early downs, no huddle. Um, then they're going to be, you know, chunks that we need to get back. We were in kind of a long yardage situation right there after a penalty. Uh, we went back to, you know, whatever it was, second and ten. Um, I, I think uh, I think our team can handle a lot, and and because our quarterback can handle a lot. Um, we're trying to find that right balance between giving them the tools for success and then ultimately allowing them to play within the offense we want to be with great comfort and confidence in what we're doing. Um, and it's, it's really about all 11 and, and how they're executing that allows us to continue to build on where we're at. We got a long way to go, five games in, um, but we're, we're really seeing some of our philosophy come to life. Kevin, do you look at a game like this when you're up that big in the first half and say, this is one we should kind of turn into a... Uh, a relaxing win, or is it just kind of the nature of the league where a lot of these are going to come down in the last couple of plays? I, I think it's both. I think um, there's some things that I go back to and, and can point to that uh, you know maybe could have helped contribute to a couple of those early down kind of negative runs that kicked us behind the chains and and then ultimately led us to kind of need to be a little bit more you know conservative with some of those third down calls. But like I said, 12 of 15, you know we were able to battle back from some of those. Long, longer yardage situations and at least give ourselves a chance, a couple chances at field goals there that didn't work out. But ultimately, um, you know, I just got to continue to do a better job being razor sharp for our guys for four quarters. And that's where I really do when I tell you it starts with me. I, you know, I want to set the tone for our group because I've got so much confidence in our guys we're putting out there offensively, defensively, and special teams to uh, go perform. You mentioned the, the 17 for 17 with Kirk, but there were also like, I mean, I think almost every one of those was to a pretty open receiver. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, are you seeing an evolving nature across the board of understanding of scheme or execution of scheme, or was that just a good matchup for you guys, or why was there so many open? Receivers? Yeah, I think it, it has to do with, 
I think Justin, you know, really kind of as the game went on there, um, Justin was able to attack some one-on-one coverage early on, and then they kind of settled into a little bit different philosophy defensively, and that's what I meant by Kirk making that seamless change to understand what the picture was looking like pre-snap, possibly post-snap, change into a different defense, and then ultimately the respect that uh, people have for our skill players. Uh, they're playing so fast, they're running off the ball, and then Kirk being decisive like that, uh, it leads to great chances and examples of yards after catch. And you don't have to throw it over people's heads all the time to generate explosives. Some people just won't allow that. And that's when we uh, kind of have to lock into a mode of all five eligibles coming to life, attacking coverage within depth. And our guys just have done a tremendous job. And we've learned from some early times during the season where maybe me, me especially um, have, have learned to kind of adjust in the real time and, and just let our guys play football. Were you aware that uh, that was a team record, 17 in a row, and are you aware when it's going on that, hey, he hasn't had an incompletion? Yeah, somebody told me at halftime I had no idea. Um, it just felt like he was playing really well and the ball was coming out and uh, very decisive um, and, and really taking advantage of the plan that we kind of put together. Uh, he's going to continue to have comfort and also continue to have a say in what we do offensively. I want him... Uh, comfortable um, with not only the plays I, I do call, but uh, him and I spend a lot of time together. And if there's plenty of them that I can take a red pen to and uh, gone to the, the old play graveyard, that's okay too. But I want whatever comes out of my mouth on game day to him have ultimate clarity because uh, where he's at and where he's headed in this offense, I feel very, very good about Kirk Cousins. How did you assess how your defense played today? It seems like they kind of continue to bend, but then come up with, with big plays and the big moments like that. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought it was, you know, it, it was kind of a back and forth there a little bit, a couple loose plays um, that kind of helped extend some drives for them. But I thought they were physical up front. I thought Ed did a great job kind of mixing personnel uh, to try to take away what we thought was coming with different personnel groupings, saw some uh, different guys in there at times, both on the front and, you know, at the, you know, in the secondary and linebackers, just to try to fit with how we want to play and, and turn guys loose in those situations. Thought that contributed to the strip sack there uh, towards the end of the game and then ultimately Cam going to get the ball. But uh, just like offensively, there's a lot of things we can do better. Special teams is the same. You know, I thought we could be cleaner there, um, you know, but I think for the most part, complimentary football means a lot of things and sometimes it means picking each other up or playing off of the momentum of those other sides and um, just continue to want to see more consistency out of our group. But it's great to be able to say that after another win here at U.S. Bank. Kevin, uh, Adam was saying that uh, you spent a lot of the offseason really emphasizing execution in late in games. And, yep. And trying to, do you, what do you see in this group coming together that has allowed them to just keep keep their heads about them and even whether things are going good or bad to, to finish like you have with some of these games here? Yeah, I think, you know, especially for our offense, we've played, we've got, we, we've got some guys that have played a lot of football together and learned a lot along the way about each other. And uh, the scheme is one thing, but, uh, you know, what allows a lot of that to come to life is my comfort, uh, not only in Kirk as our quarterback, but those guys up front to give him enough time. Uh, and then our guys' execution, I mean, very, very similar to play. Uh, to what we had, a little bit different variation, but it's a very similar play even at the end of the half that KJ catches there, um, you know, gets the yardage we need, and we, you know, we show that uh, as long as the defender doesn't knock the ball out of our hands, we're going to you know, at least have a chance to kick a field goal at that point. Those are little plays that, although it didn't work out, uh, I, I care about the process at which we've continued to show great understanding of how to close out halves, um, how to be aggressive at the end of halves, but also uh, go win a game when you have to, however you have to do it. Um, and I think that bodes well for our team in the future. How do you feel about, you feel about being 3-0 and 
in the division and how weird is it all your home division games are now over and then all the other the road ones are late in the year yeah we talked a lot to our team in training camp about we're going to get three opportunities to play at the you know in the greatest home environment in the nfl against divisional teams to start the season let's make sure we use that so uh, i'm proud of our guys for doing that i'm proud of our fans and what they've been been like for us here at home uh, like I said, willing us to some of these victories and, and just being a, a, just a tough, tough environment to come in and play out for a road team. Now we've got to, you know, we'll take our home games whenever we can get them, but we got to be able to, like we did last week, traveling and, and, and taking our outfit on the road. we got to go uh, try to win a lot of football games on the road against some really tough teams. Speaking of the little plays, you, you mentioned uh, you know, with the dancer play at the end. He also, he starts running, but then he goes down. Yeah. And so I, I know that's small in the overall scheme of things. But it's not small to me. How, to what extent do you kind of coach that and talk about that? And we've seen games around the league go awry after that point sometimes. Yeah. Uh, had he not done that. Yeah, Ryan Cordell, uh, Mike Pettin, they do a great situational masters meeting every single week for our team. Um, you know, and it's very, very important no matter how little or uh, little time we have in a stressed, busy week coming off of a long trip, we've got to have that meeting because they show, uh, we have a saying, the tape makes itself. Because you can, every Sunday in this league, you can watch teams win and lose games with little decisions that they make, uh, either when they have the ball in their hands, when they don't, how to go get it back, um, how to manipulate the clock, how to be great at the end of the two minute and at the end of the first half. Um, but I think those guys do a great job teaching. And our players are, you know, Friday morning early, those, you look up there and you got guys on the edge of their seat just wanting to learn football. And I think it's a huge part of what we do here. And, and like I said, Ryan Cordell's been phenomenal with me on game day, um, as well as you know with our team, with Mike Pettin right there with him. Last question. Uh, Cam Dansler has been coming up with plays the last couple of weeks. Is this something that you saw coming? I mean, that you expect him to come up with plays? I just think Cam's a, a talented player, and, and I just continue to tell him, be confident in your abilities. Uh, you can get around the football when, we, when we're competitive and trying to be tight in our coverage and trying to fit into the scheme and our disguise. But ultimately, go play football and be physical. He's been great uh, in the run fit. He's been great tackling Pat P as well. Those guys are a huge part of us being able to hold our shells but still play a lot of single high coverages because we're asking them to do a lot of different jobs. But at the end of the day, making tackles and getting the ball out and being physical, Pat P blocking a punt you know, earlier, or blocking a field goal earlier this year, almost had another one today. Uh, I just I like where those guys are at, and we'll continue to mix our scheme up, build as the season goes on, and, and uh, I'm, I'm proud of the way Cam played. That's why I gave him a game ball today. That's KOC. Kirk Cousins finished the day 298 passing, uh, a touchdown and an interception. The touchdown went to Jalen Rager on a shovel. Uh, that is Jalen's first touchdown wearing our colors. And a noted sneaker in Tom Brady-like fashion, Kirk Cousins sneaked for what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown. Uh, he did it from a yard out, the 18th rushing touchdown of his career. And Kirk Cousins, after the game, had this to say. Great to get a win. Great to get to 4-1, uh, beat a divisional opponent, uh, win a home game. Um, you know, that's really what we're here to do, what, what, um, what it's all about. So winning was huge. And um, I thought for much of the game, you know, our offense played at a very high level. Um, you know, it's never going to be perfect. And today, uh, you know, there were some times where we stubbed our toe, but um, uh, for much of the game, played at a very high level. And I, I also felt that a lot of the success in the first half was just a really good plan by our coaches, uh, putting us in some pretty good positions to, uh, to be effective and, uh, you know, kind of putting the wind at our back for us. So I thought it was a great job by them with the game plan coming out fast and the way they attacked. And, uh, um, you know, we obviously, 
uh, we need to play better for four quarters. We need to play better through the stretch of the game so that um, um, you know we can pull away and uh, and not live in these games. You know, in the last two minutes. So um, that'll be the challenge moving forward. Is how can we you know if we were to get out ahead of somebody, how can we just pull away and and uh, and not not linger? But um, take any questions. Yeah. Kirk, what was it about the game plan that you liked? Well, I just think the way that uh, that the, our staff prepared for it and the way they plan to attack, um, you know, the mix of running pass, play action, uh, screen game, the uh, no huddle, the um, you know, the red zone plan. Uh, I thought the run game was effective. So, uh, you know, it's anytime you're effective, usually it's because you're being pretty multiple and and uh, and not leaning on any one thing too much. But I just thought that. Um, you know, after the first couple drives, the start we had, I, I look back at the plays and you're like, well, you know, I felt like I'm being put in a position to be successful, you know, and that's uh, that's a great feeling, you know, when you realize your coaches are kind of putting the wind at your back. Eric, can you talk about uh, your hot start and were you aware that you broke Tommy Kramer's record, most consecutive team record, most consecutive completions? Yeah, I saw the graphic when it came up because uh, I'm just sitting there watching the game like 70,000 other people in the stadium when I'm on the sideline. But uh, um, it felt like we had only thrown about eight passes to me when you know they had said that. So um, uh, you know, you just kind of play. You're not really thinking about it, and um, and so um, it was a it was a productive day. Great to see the production on third down. I think that's been a place that we want to be better and need to be better to win. And, last two weeks have been better, and so that's been encouraging to see. Have you ever had a run of completions, like high school, college, any other time? Or I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, certainly you want to pride yourself on being a high completion percentage guy. You know, within reason, I think sometimes it's a, it can be a stat that, um, you know, you can misuse. But I think completion percentage tends to reflect, you know, making good decisions, getting through your progressions, being efficient, staying ahead of the chains. And so... Uh, I think it's it's a good sign that your offense is operating efficiently if your uh, quarterback's completion percentage is higher. Kirk, the, the, the third and five at the end, the decision to run. Yeah. At what point are you, you know, tucking and running? Yeah, I think it was two man. So that already gives you a chance as a quarterback to run because there's nobody man on you. Um, I felt Adam get, get bear hugged. He was really my number one guy on the route, and he got bear hugged, and <laughs> I said he's not getting open. And then Irv kind of got mugged as well, getting off the line. So, uh, and then the rush, you know, I just felt somebody cross my face and rather than progress to the backside to Adam and, or Justin and KJ, uh, I knew it was two man, knew I had a chance to run and felt the rush kind of cross my face. And I just thought I'm just going to take off here and try to get it. And, um, you know, usually you obviously slide, but when it's, you know, third down and you're down there, you got to, you got to find a way to get it across the line. And then the sneak uh, third and one, I'm trying to recall how much you, you don't do that a whole lot, do you? Um, I mean, we do what we have to, you know, we snuck last week against the Saints for first down and then we snuck uh, here. Uh, but again, it, you know, quarterback on a sneak. I mean, it's not—it's not really me as much as that's—that's that's Garrett, that's Ezra, that's Ed, that's CD, Brian. I mean, I think CD provided a great late push with the way he kind of came down, and um, and so that was that was um, obviously an enormous play. Is that the call all the way, or did you have a? Uh, it looked like you were kind of in shotgun for a second. Yeah. Come in or, uh, yeah. Direction or whether. Yeah. Adjust based on what you're seeing there. Yeah, in that case, there were a few options there. There were a few options. Yep. So uh, uh, we were able to get that one in. Building off that, Kirk, coach was just saying how much faith he has in you to make decisions pre-snap to to kind of go through a post-snap. Like the the synergy that you two are developing. Yeah. What's it feel like just to you know know your your. Yeah the way that he does and yeah he, he's really been that way from day one I will say that you said it you know we're developing I think we're getting there I, I would tell you that uh, after being in a system for three-ish years three different play callers but a similar system you know 
I'm not where I was at the end of last season in that old system. So, but we're developing and we're getting there, and I'm excited about that continued growth. And we have to keep showing that. You know, we we got to get to the bye and look back and feel like we are every week taking another step towards uh, that synergy. And um, and he certainly um, is in my corner, and I think that makes a makes for a, a great help as a quarterback. I really didn't. I think it goes back to, again, the coaching, the plan. When you're just dropping back and going where your reads take you, but they're giving you number one open, and uh, players are separating, and the run game is giving you favorable opportunities to throw the ball. Um, it just kind of all converged on putting me in a position to be successful. But no, I don't think I was ripping it into brutally tight windows or having to throw, you know, and kind of be a, this hero. I think when you do that, it's because everything around you is giving you this opportunity then to be successful. But if you go back and watch those 17 throws, I would think you'd see they're very automatic, which I think my point is it says a lot about the plan, the coaches, and my teammates kind of putting me in that position. Kind of going off of that, what did you see them do differently with Justin in the second half after so yeah. many throws seemed like they were open for the first half? Yeah, I think probably a little less single high, a little more split safety, um, maybe a few more pressures here and there. Um, you know, the rush got home a couple times in the second half. But I will say that uh, we just didn't run enough plays. In the third quarter, you know, they start with it, and then we get the ball. We got a good field position, converted a first down, and then on a third down, trying to get the ball out to Irv, they hit my arm, and, and you know, whether it was a fumble or an incompletion, um, you know, had to settle for a, kicking a field goal there, and and then we didn't get the ball back really till the fourth quarter. So you know, you only have like you know six plays or whatever it was run in that third quarter, which I think just doesn't give us the opportunities that those twelve plus play drives in the first half gave us. What did you see on that interception? Yeah, I. Uh, that was an example of allowing previous plays to influence your decision instead of just running the play in a vacuum. Um, I had taken that that flat route so many times, and a couple times last week, a time earlier in this game with Irv, the guy was open elsewhere. And I kind of was allowing those previous plays to start to try to hunt something up that really I should have just said, you know, let's just play this in a vacuum in its own entity and take the guy that's open in the flat and settle for a shorter game if it's a shorter game instead of trying to use previous reps to um, to hunt something up that really wasn't there. Do you think some of that tension is, is part of that developing in a new offense? Yeah, I think what's tough is like, I mean, I'd love to say, oh, it's a, you know, I threw a pick because it's a new offense. But when you look at it, it's like, I mean, I've run bootlegs my whole career. I mean, that, that was just another bootleg that I've run a thousand times. And so uh, uh, all I can say there is don't allow a previous clip where you think you might have had something and you settled for the check down. Don't allow that to then make you on the next play, start to look for that when it isn't there, start to feel like, oh, maybe I'll get it. You know, just treat each play as its own entity. Quarterbacks and, and teams are measured often in how you perform in those last-minute drives. Uh, are, are the factors there that you're seeing develop with this team and with you that you've almost embraced those times now, that you look forward to having an opportunity with the confidence level of this team? Well, I think you always embrace them. Um, you know, you always, until the clock says zero, you're really feeling like you've got a fighting chance. And uh, been a part of too many games where, you know, you have the odds against you, but with timeouts and some clock, you find a way to get down there and get points, whether kicking it or, or scoring a touchdown. So um, you kind of always keep hope alive. And, and with the players we have as well, you keep hope alive because you expect guys to make plays and 
give you a chance until the clock says zero. And we kind of learned it the other way too. When you have a lead, you know, teams in the NFL tend to find their way back. And so uh, you have to keep playing and, and every play matters so much. What are your thoughts on being 3-0 and in the division and how odd is the schedule this year with all the home games early and all the division road games late? Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a it's a great start. It's a great start, and uh, that's all it is, though. And uh, we're going to be talking each week here, and all the way through to January. And you know that's where really when it matters is we got to finish strong. But um, it's a great start, and we got to build on it. When you're running that no when, when you're running that no huddle, um, I think sometimes people have a misnomer that it's a hurry up, and in your case, yeah. it's not always. Yeah. So I'm curious, like what are you guys doing in that sort of period when you get on the line, and then you, sometimes you back away? Sure. What's that? Sure. I think it's just an opportunity to kind of uh, keep going, keep uh, keep the momentum going in our favor. Uh, kind of going back to that wind at your backfield where you're playing downhill in a good way, where you kind of got momentum, and to just kind of keep that tempo going and, and apply pressure. Um, that's really what you want to do there. And so uh, it's been. A, I think it's been effective for us. I think it's important each week how we do it, when we do it, why we do it, what we're looking to do with it. Those are the questions each week in a game plan that are important. And that's where I say the way the game plan fit this week and the way it got designed by our coaches, it just would appear it was really strong. You know, the first few drives of the game with the way they uh, designed it and then the way it was executed by the guys. Does any part of it keep the defense from substituting yeah if, if we sub then they get to sub they can't substitute for like if they're tired I correct guess. well said i mean they could fake an injury but <laughs> which teams do yeah. but uh yeah it does allow you to hopefully play fast the fatigue goes both ways but if we can be conditioned at a high level we can use that to apply pressure uh to a defense but um they know that and so if we sub they sub and so that's all those conversations of hey i know you're tired but you got to stay out there so we can keep going keep our foot on the gas you converted five third downs on the 17 play go ahead drive. Just how does each one of those conversions kind of change like yeah. what you think you'll be able to do? Yeah, third down conversions are such a big, big part of why you win or why you lose, you know, and uh, they get a big emphasis every week in your preparation. You spend basically a whole day on Thursday trying to lock that in. And um, again, it goes back to so many pieces have to work. The design needs to be good. Uh, it's got to be well protected. Guys got to get open and separate versus their coverage, and we've got to find it and throw it and then. Uh, um, you know, you got to have a mix of run and pass. You got to stay in third and manageable. I think we had 10 third downs, five or less. You know, when you're in third and 11 all game, that's a different conversion than third and one. So staying in third and manageable, being productive on first and second down to give you that fighting chance on third down really helps. Hey, Kirk, we, a couple of times today we saw Darisaw just bury. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how have you seen him yeah. develop here and what kind of confidence do you have in, in him holding down that edge for you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about him. Um, you know, I made a comment earlier this week about how you don't even know he's there. And at one point in today's game, I felt him. He, uh, he was upset about something, whether it was a snap count or a call or he got fired up. And I remember thinking, like, I like this. Like, I like, I like feeling his edge a little bit. Um, and you realize, you, you start to get that, I think, because he's starting to realize, you know, what it takes, what it looks like, what to expect as a player in this league. And um, and seeing that from him, you know, you start to feel like this guy's a vet, you know, more than a young player. And um, he's only going to get better. And so uh, really grateful we have him and the way he's uh, he's improving, the way he's working every week. <clears throat> Thank you. Cousins, 32 of 41. Uh, he had a big run at the end of the game, uh, by the way, uh, to get a first down. It was only five yards, but they needed it badly. What did you think of Kirk's game? Well, I, you know, I think Kirk obviously loved the way he started it out. And and got to give some credit to the Bears. They started playing a little bit of two-man, 
uh, in the back end, and, and that's where some of the routes and some of the wide open receivers kind of dried up a little bit. And we talked about it during the broadcast. There's going to be a point in time when you see two-man, what, what kills two-man? When a quarterback pulls the ball down and scrambles. And it wasn't, like you said, a 20-yard run like we saw out of Fields. I mean, Fields, he, he, an unbelievable athlete, it was the timing of it, right? And the Bears felt like it was long enough on third down they could get away with the two-man uh, offensive line doing a pretty solid job, I think, throughout the entire day, especially early on. And that's what you see out of this offense when it has a rhythm, right? When it has that rhythm going, it is, it, it, it's second to none because you have so many weapons. So I think we saw a glimpse of that today, right? We saw a glimpse of that today. It's just a matter of keeping that foot on the gas pedal, right? Keeping, keep pressuring this Bears team. Keep making them do some things that they don't want to do. Um, because they could not stop the run and the pass at the same time. They had to sacrifice one for the other, and we're going to run against run up against more defenses that are that way. Ron Johnson with Fox 9 as part of the post-game report. RJ has three takes. Thanks, PA. This is Ron Johnson coming to you from the KFAN studios, and this is my three takeaways from today's Vikings versus Bears game. Well, let's just jump out with the first one that, to me, was really glaring. Why? On third down in the first four games, the Vikings offense was 31.5% on converting third downs. Today's offense for the Vikings versus the Bears was lights out. 12 for 15, 80%. The play calling looked glorious. Kirk Cousins looked confident. He started the day off awesome, and it paid off when you're talking about third downs. What that mean? Vikings offense stays on the field. Vikings defense gets to rest. The Bears don't have a chance to get Justin Fields going, and it showed when the Vikings went up 21-3. to They were on top of it. That is what this team's going to need going down the stretch to be a lot more consistent on third down. Yes, they were converting first downs because they were getting a lot of first downs on first and second down, but you know when you get to that money down, third down, the defense wants to get off the field, the Vikings offense did not let that happen. My second takeaway I would love to talk about Justin Jefferson, 12 catches, 154 yards, no touchdown, got a two-point conversion, didn't gritty because why gritty on a two-point? We know when the gritty's coming, it's a touchdown. But no, that's not my take number two. Take number two is Cam Dantzler. Never gave up. Cam Dantzler is a microcosm of this season so far, which is a never-give-up attitude. This team never feels like it's over. Cam Dantzler missed the tackle by on Amir Smith-Marset, his former teammate, his friend, and then Amir Smith-Marset, instead of trying to get out of bounds in a two-minute situation, he tried to get a little bit more, and Cam Dantzler came right back up behind him. I don't know if he didn't feel him coming behind him and ripped the ball. He ripped the ball in the heart's out of not just Amir Smith-Marset, but the Bears fans, and Cam Dantzler. Because in the past, you've seen Cam Dantzler make some mistakes in big moments at the end of games. When you think about the Seattle game and DK Metcalf, when you think about the Lions game and backing up into the end zone and giving up a touchdown, Cam Dantzler, because we've all heard Paul Allen with the, what are you doing, Cam Dantzler? Well, today, Cam Dantzler, you are the hero. You won the game, and he is building on a great season so far, playing within the scheme. Yeah, there's been some bend, but don't break moments, but he's getting better and better, and he's growing more and more confident. DB is all about swagger. At the cornerback position, you got to have swagger, and Cam Dantzler is dripping in swag, and he showed it today with the never-give-up attitude on that last play of the game. And then Kirk Cousins. 
He's in the record books, people. That's take number three. Kirk Cousins, 17 for 17 to start the game off. 17 uh, consecutive passes. That's Kirk Cousins' best start of his career ever, which means Kevin O'Connell's doing something right. But that's also a Vikings record. 17 consecutive passes. Previous record holder was Tommy Kramer and Kirk Cousins has broken that record. So everybody, raise your glass, celebrate, congratulate Kirk Cousins on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you do, if you book face it or Facebook it. Either way, congratulate Kirk Cousins because he has now put his name in the Vikings history books with the 17 for 17. And that is my three three takeaways from the Vikings versus Bears game. Back to you at U.S. Bank Stadium on the field, PA. And we purposely saved the best for last. You can't make it up. I mean, if you listen to KFA and your home for Vikings football, you'll hear most, if not all of us, say that a lot. You can't make it up. Seriously, you can't make this up. Former Viking Amir Smith-Marset cut into the first game, picked up by the Bears. His first reception goes for a big 15 yards, and the Bears are in business. Until Cam Dantzler, a close friend of Amir Smith-Marset's, rips the ball from said receiver and wins the game. Biggest play of Cam's career. A week after Cam made the previous biggest play of his career, singled up against Chris Olave and knocked the ball away late, very late in the game. Are you kidding me with that play? No, and, and for Cameron Dantzler, we you know we've, we've talked about it before where for him to get to that next level, he has to stay on the field. He has to keep making plays. He has to see what offenses do. And sneakily on that play, he was doing the right thing, meaning cut off Amir Smith-Marset from the sideline to keep that clock moving. Amir Smith-Marset made a cut back to the inside, and Dantzler actually went down to a knee, went down to the ground. But he didn't give up. He got back up and chased, and it was Harrison Smith that slowed down Amir Smith-Marset enough for Dantzler to get back in there and rip that ball loose. And he, like you said, Paul, he just basically stole it and turned it and ran the other way. And what a fabulous heads-up play, an effort play. For Cameron Dancer, that's exactly what he needed right now, and hopefully he'll continue to improve, continue with the consistency, get better and better and better, you know, and, and then by getting Andrew Booth back, and by the end of this year, you might have some depth at the cornerback position. That's Pete Bursich, analyst for the Vikings Radio Network. Great work on the radio as usual. Uh, likewise for Ben Lieber with Between the Lines and the KFAN Vikings Radio Network. Uh, you will hear us on KFAN next week from South Florida as the Vikings take on the Miami Dolphins. It is a noon central kick, and the Dolphins were annihilated today by the New York Jets. So the Vikings on a three-game winning streak head to play the AFC's Miami Dolphins in hopes of heading into the bye on a four-game winning streak. So many things about which to be positive and bring excitement. I'm Paul Allen. Speaking of excitement, here's your head coach, Kevin O'Connell, in the locker room following the spine tingler. First and foremost, he did it again, but this time he set a franchise record for receptions in his first three years with the ball club. I have a feeling I'm going to be giving you a lot of these balls, man. (laughs) 17 straight completions to start the day for a guy. All we talked about doing was doing your job all day long. This guy led us like he has to our fourth victory, Kirk Cousins.
this one I'm going to really enjoy right here, okay? Eight tackles. Eight tackles, including when we say go get the ball, that's exactly what it looks like here. Fire!